Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me today. Well, we have a, a good lesson today. And if you're here for the first time, basically we're reading through the scriptures so that we can get to know the Bible better. And we're keeping it simple uh, so that we can have a clear understanding of what we're reading. But we read through the scripture, we make sure we understand it, and then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video by Wednesday of every week. <clears throat> So anyway, glad you joined me. Um, I hope you subscribe to the channel so you can see whenever the videos are uh, coming down from YouTube, um, whenever they're posted. And um, give me a thumbs up. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but remember also that um, comments and questions are welcome. Uh, if you have any questions about the lesson, um, indicate that on the Facebook page underneath the comments, or you can indicate that on the YouTube page. They have also have a section for comments, amen? So, uh, you know, just, just want you to be more involved and hopefully you're reading the scriptures along with me. Um, and we did a, if you go on my YouTube channel, um, did a, a quick little brief lesson on how I study uh, for the lessons. Um, so you can review that, but, but just read it and take you some notes as you're reading and then see what jumps out at you, write that down. And then when you come on the channel to listen to the lesson, uh, compare you know, what, you, what you got out of the lesson with what I got out of the lesson to add to uh, your, your uh, Bible study, amen? So um, last week we were on chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, and we read verses one through 30. Uh, we discussed the parable of the sower and we also discussed the parable of the wheat and the tares. So this week, we're kind of on part two of chapter 13. And we are going to be talking about um, the other five parables. Because there are a total of seven parables that were mentioned in this chapter that Jesus was teaching us from. So we're going to discuss the other five. And just, uh, just a, as a reminder, remember that this chapter 13 is like the third major teaching that Jesus um did once he started his ministry the first uh, major teaching being of course the sermon on the mount chapter 5 uh, 6 and 7 and then the second major teaching was in chapter 10 when he um was instructing his disciples getting them ready to go out and preach the gospel uh he taught them what to expect and what they would want some of the things they might encounter when they go out so this is like the third major teaching and that's not saying that jesus wasn't teaching all along through all the other chapters uh, because it seems Jesus turned a lot of things into a lesson. Uh, he would teach a lesson. But with these, when we say major teaching, he, he literally just paused and he just taught something. So um, this is what chapter 10, is, chapter 13 is. So let's get started. Let's start out with a word of prayer. As we begin discussing some more of the parables. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you cause us to understand, cause us to hunger and thirst for more of you, O oh God. Father, cause us to see that we're forever to be learning more about you, Jesus. Open up our eyes and our ears and our understanding, O oh God. Lord, make us thirsty for you. Let us hunger and thirst after righteousness. Father, we love you. We, I pray for all those that are listening, oh God, that you would intensify their hunger for you, oh God, that they would 
hunger and thirst for your righteousness, that they will seek you with all their hearts, O oh God, and that you will reveal yourself to them. We thank you for the Bible study. Holy Spirit, just come in and be the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to start in verse 31. We ended on verse 30. And verse 31 starts out talking about the parable of the mustard seed. So let's go to chapter 13 of Matthew. And we're going to read verse 31 and 32. And then we're going to talk about that for a, a minute. Because I, I instead of reading through the whole, usually I read the whole chapter first. And then we go back and, and break it all down. But because they're talking about each parable, I decided to just read the parables one at a time, and then we'll discuss the parable, then go back and read and read the next parable. So this is the parable of the mustard seed, and it's found in Matthew chapter 31 and 32. And I'm in the uh, King James Version of the Bible. It says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. <clears throat> which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And again, remember this is Jesus' teaching. And <clears throat> when you look at the NIV study Bible, it makes reference to um, the mustard seed, this parable, because the mustard seed is, is supposed to be the very small seed. Um, there's there's talk that there are seeds that, that might be smaller than mustard seed. But the point is, Jesus was saying, this seed is so small, but yet when it grows, it grows into a huge tree. And in this huge tree, all the birds of the, of the area can come and lodge in this tree. And and just, just to make a note here, in this instant instance the birds are not a negative doesn't give a negative connotation the birds doesn't represent something negative and the reason why i'm saying that because when we talked about the parable of the sower uh lesson before last or we a couple weeks ago we talked about the parable of the sower and we talked about um how some of the seed fell on fell, fell by the wayside and the birds came down and snatched the seed up and we said at that time that those birds represent spirits and evil spirits and demon spirits that will come and snatch the word from God's people uh, when it doesn't go down deep enough. When the word doesn't get rooted in them, the word can be snatched away by, by spirits, by evil spirits. Well, in this instance, it talks about this mustard seed growing into a tree and birds being able to come and lodge there. Uh, these birds is a positive thing. Uh, so, and also just, just take note that this goes to show you that you, you can't just put God in a box and say, well, every time you see this in the Bible, this is what it means. You always have to take into consideration the context, everything else is being said around that verse to see what it means. Okay. So just, just want you to be more, uh, conscious of when you're reading, don't just assume that, well, this meant this when I read uh, read it back in, in this other uh, book of the Bible. So it probably means this now. Sometimes that's true, but a lot of times you have to read the whole context to find out because in this instance, birds are not a negative thing. That's the point I'm getting out. Um, but according to the Nelson Study Bible, the reference to this seed, it shows how this mustard seed is so small represents the kingdom of God. How it started off so small 
and then it grew into a tree so big that birds can find rest here, that they can come here and find a place to land. And it's reminded me of Acts chapter, uh, uh, in Acts chapter eight, verse four. Um, it reminded me how the church uh, had its initial beginnings and how it was growing. And in Acts, uh, Stephen, after Stephen was stoned, Stephen was one of the uh, uh, one of the disciples that um, was preaching the word of God, and he was stoned to death for preaching the word of God. And after he was stoned, then the whole the entire church began to be persecuted to the point that they had to scatter everywhere. They had to leave Jerusalem and scatter. And that might seem like a bad thing, as oh my goodness, the church is being persecuted. But that persecution, think about it. They were, they were centralized right here in Jerusalem. And when they were persecuted, they scattered. They had to scatter. They just went everywhere because they were afraid of fear for their lives. But not only did they scatter, but it said in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, that everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. So the devil tried to stamp them out, but he actually was helping the gospel be spread by making them scatter because they didn't, they didn't keep quiet. They kept talking about Jesus. Amen. Talking about the, spreading the gospel. And uh, the Nelson study bite also mentioned that if a tree is big enough for all the birds to nest in it, it was considered a prosperous and a healthy tree. Okay. All right. So anyway, that's the parable of the mustard seed being the example. He said, because it's the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So uh, it starts out small, but it grows so big. And that's actually what happened to the kingdom and think about even now how many people that know jesus it started out so small and now there's people all over the world that know jesus and all these in hidden corners that we don't even know about that have a relationship with him so the, the gospel has spread and that's the point of he said of this uh parable okay let's go to the next parable the parable is in uh, verse 33 it talks about the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. He said, another parable spake he unto them, verse 33. He said, the kingdom of heaven is, is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. And this one, you have to know what, what, what yeast is and what leaven is and, and baking powder, what the kind of stuff does. Uh, but yeast makes, if you ever made yeast rolls, you put it in the bread and it helps the bread to rise. It permeates through the whole loaf of bread and gets, makes it expand and makes it uh, makes it rise. So this lady here, it, it's at the kingdom of heaven, it's like a woman that needed three loaves of bread. Three is usually number of completion. And she put yeast in each loaf of bread until the whole was leavened. The yeast ended up causing the bread to rise and expand again the expansion of the kingdom to, to completion. Jesus said he wouldn't, he's not going to come back till his word is preached in, in every, everywhere to everyone gets an opportunity to hear, uh, and to accept him. He won't be back. And when Jesus comes back, everyone would have had an opportunity to either receive him or reject him. So it's going to permeate through the whole world. Amen. Everybody's going to get a chance to hear. And then in, uh, it tells us that Jesus, Jesus speaks in these parables was a fulfillment of scripture in Psalm 78, verse two. And we won't read that, but you can jot that down. 
where Jesus said that he was going to be speaking in parables. Because remember, uh, remember now people are starting to uh, come against him and not accept him. So now he, he's speaking in parables. And so that whoever hears, let them hear. Everybody's not going to be able to hear what he's saying. Okay, and now in verse 36 to 44, uh, Jesus goes into the house and he asks, he's asked by his disciples to explain the parable of the wheat and the tares. So let's read that in verse 30. Let's start in verse 34. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them. Um, that it might be fulfilled, we just talked about that, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Again, that's Psalm 78, 2. Verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came in unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Now, this is the parable we talked about last week in the first part of chapter 3. I mean, chapter 13, where uh, a farmer sold some, went out into his field and sold some seeds. And um, I, I don't want to take the time to read all of it, but I just want to make sure uh, we remember it all. So let's go back to... Well, let's read verse 37. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. And he that soweth um, Let's go back to verse 24. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure we, we're not missing anything. Let's go back to 24. So another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, and bind them in, bu in, bundle, in bundles to burn. But gather the wheat into my barn. So now in verse 37, he's explaining that parable he, that I just read to you. In verse 37, 37 he's, he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the seed is the son of man. So the son of man is sowing the seed. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. So the wheat that's going to grow up is called, is called the good seed. That's the children of the kingdom. The tares are the children of the wicked one, children of the devil. Verse 39. The enemy that sold, that sold them, the enemy that put the tares in, um, is the devil. The harvest, when he's going to gather the wheat and the tares together, is the end of the world. 
and the reapers who's going to gather uh, God's people as well as the wicked people, uh, separate them. The reapers are the angels. So God, I mean, this doesn't need any, any interpretation. Jesus is telling us exactly what he meant by that parable. So verse 40, as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father who have ears to hear, let him hear. So anybody that want to listen, you better listen because he said the wheat and the tares are going to go up together. The believers, the true believers, and the enemy, the people that God, that's God going to put in your midst to actually represent the enemy that, that the devil's going to put there. And um, and I said this last week, we don't want to be trying to figure out who's a wheat and who's a tear because you don't know. You, while you're trying to see who's a tear, you might be a tear. So don't do that. Um, but make sure your heart is right. Just always keep your heart right and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do to be ready when he comes. Uh, asking him to cleanse you, purge you, uh, 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 purify you. Uh, if there's any fault in me, Lord God, deal with me. This is this is the way we're supposed to be behaving, the way we're supposed to be uh, acting, and the way we're supposed to be praying to him and desiring him and seeking his face, amen? Because we want to be one of the weak. We don't want to be a tear, amen? But the angels are going to separate at the end of the age. Okay, so then let's go to... Um, Let's go to verse 40, well, verse 43 and in verse 9. I don't know if you notice in verse 9, it, it's, it's going to say, anyone who hears, let him listen. So God, Jesus is saying out loud and clear, I'm letting you know, get your life right. Because this is, judgment day is going to come. The end of age is going to come and there's going to be a separation. Amen. So let's go to the next parable, which is in verse 44. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field in which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof, he goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Let's do 45 as well. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking good pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So we have two uh, parables here, kind of back to back. It talked about the kingdom of heaven being like a man who went into a field and found a treasure. When he found the treasure, he was so full of joy, he, he, uh, he hid the treasure in another spot and bought the whole field because of that treasure. Now, the other parable said about the kingdom of heaven was about a pearl. Um, just so we know, and I don't want you to get, to get sidetracked by this, um, different commentators have different opinions. Sometimes people don't see a scripture the exact same way. Um, that's okay because we're different people and we, and God might be showing us different things at the same time. Um, so don't, you know, don't, don't think that something wrong with the scripture because people interpret it differently. And in fact, uh, it tells us 
in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, I jot that down, that we see through a glass darkly. I actually want to read that because it lets us know that we're, we don't know all the answers. Right now we're, we're reading and we're studying the word and the Holy Spirit will enlighten us and show us things as he sees fit. Uh, some things maybe it's not time for us to see yet. Some things uh, he's just not ready to show us. So, but when he's ready to reveal his truth to us and enlighten us, it'll be like light switches jumping on. You'll be saying, oh, wow, that's what that means? That's what that looks like? So, but but as until he does or until we're made perfect, we don't see perfectly. Sometimes we uh, don't see the whole picture, but we see it as the Holy Spirit gives it to us. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, it tells us, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation because I like the way they said it. It says, now we see things imperfectly. And I want you to remember this. This is going to help you through the rest of your journey. When you hear one preacher interpreting it one way, one preacher interpreting it a totally different way, don't get shaken by that. That's okay because we're imperfect people. So we, we see it differently. Uh, and like I said, it might not be that one's wrong and the other one's right. They both could be right, both just looking at it in a different way, okay? Uh, now we see uh, through a, see imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we shall we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. We need to know that. Don't nobody have all the answers. We're studying to show ourselves approved. We're studying the word of God to learn what it says. But then, it says, now I know partially, but then I will know everything completely, just as God know, now knows me completely. So that's telling you right there that we don't see the full picture all the time. And I'm saying all that because I want to say uh, with this parable about the, the man in the field, there was two different interpretations. And... <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more toward believing that the first parable about the man that found a treasure in the field would be like us looking, uh, in a field, finding the treasure who is Jesus Christ. Because that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that found a treasure in the field. Uh, we found him. We are so excited. We're full of joy that we hid it in our heart. Yes, it said, the scripture said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It also said that we're supposed to seek and seek that you shall find, seek that you may find him. So through all our seeking, once we find him, it's like gold to us. We hold him dear. We love him. I don't know about you, but I love him with all my heart. I can't imagine my life without him. And that's the way God wants it. He wants us to love on him like that. So to be willing to give up our all for him. The second parable talked about uh, a merchant who was looking for a pearl looking for pearls actually when he found the pearl this pearl of great price he sold all that he had and he bought it he died for that pearl he gave up everything that he had for that pearl and that's a picture to me of jesus christ dying for us giving up all that he had for us because he found us in the world a pearl of great price and he died for whomsoever will. Because everybody's not going to receive him. Everybody's not going to accept him. But he died for everybody. But he's not going to force you to uh, accept him. So, I, so, you know, with those two parables, like I said, I see, him, I see it reciprocal. Because God, you know, even in a relationship, the man just doesn't want to love on the woman and the woman never love on him. 
God wants us to love on him. He loves on us. He, we love on him. He loves on us. This is a relationship. So the man that found the treasure knew that he had something precious and hid it in his heart. He hid it. And he, he bought that whole field. The man that was looking for the pearl thought had something precious. And he gave up his whole life for it. And, 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 and gave up everything that he had to buy that field because he had found that pearl a great price. Amen? Amen. So that's what I saw in that one. Now let's go to verse 47 and 48. So again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew, they drew, uh, drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and the, and sever the wicked from among the just, and they shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So again, this is like, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like going fishing and catching up a whole, whole mess of fish, just catching them all up, taking them ashore. And once you get to the shore, the angels divide and separate the good from the bad. So that's, the end of the age is going to be a separation. This is all talking about. There's going to be a separation. Um, one thing that, that I wrote about too, that note that the disciples are just to catch the fish. So even uh, as Christians, we're not supposed to decide who's the wheat and the tear. We're not supposed to decide who's a bad fish and a good fish. We catch them all. You give the truth. You keep giving forth the truth. You keep spreading the truth. And the angels and God are the one who decide who's what gets put back and what's the wheat and what's the tear. That's not for us to decide. Amen. Just want to throw that out there. So Jesus made sure his disciples understood him in verse 51. In verse 52, the scribes, um, it tells the scribes that they must, let's, let's read that in verse 52, verse 50. And Jesus said unto them, have you understood all these things? And they said unto him, yea, Lord. So he made sure they understood. Then said he unto them, therefore, every scribe, which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. So what is he saying in verse 52 is that as scribes, as teachers of the word of God, we have to not only teach the new things in the New Testament, but we also have to teach the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the old prophets, uh, the old truths. Uh, the laws and the prophets, uh, as well as teaching the new truth, the gospel, Jesus Christ, the New Testament. We have to teach both. And there was a saying said, the old is in the new revealed, the new is in the old concealed. You have to teach the whole Bible that the people might have the full picture. Verse 53 says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence, and when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. Insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence had this man this wisdom and these mighty works? So they were astonished at Jesus. Say, Is not this the carpenter's son? And they're saying it sarcastically. They're not really saying it like, like they're happy about it. They're like, This ain't nobody but the carpenter's son. Uh, isn't his mother, isn't his mother named Mary? And doesn't he have brothers in his brother James and Josiah, uh, Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Don't, I, don't don't we know who his sisters are? Like, who does he think he is? This is nobody but Jesus. This is what they were saying. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, 
A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So because they did not believe him, he couldn't do a lot of mighty works there. And we need to remember that too, because oftentimes people want to hold you to your past. Okay, they knew who Jesus was and not saying that Jesus was a terrible person, uh, but he was just a carpenter's son, nobody significant. And how many of us or, or, or of God's people do people write off because they know their past? And we all have a past, some things that we're not proud of. Whatever, whatever you've done in your past, we've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But Jesus uses us in spite of whatever we did in our past because we've been clean, we've been changed, we've been justified because of his blood. But yet you can have people that see you and they say, oh, oh, that's just Linda. I know her, you know, that's just so-and-so. I know her. And they don't see the God in you that has changed you. And it's going to cause them to miss out on a blessing because they're still holding you to that old person that you used to be. So, you know, just so don't do that as Christians. Let's not do that. Let's not hold each other to our past because Jesus Christ has cleansed us from that. And even when we're, when you go up for prayer, uh, one thing that I try to do, uh, don't try and judge the person that's praying for you. Hold them, even if you know something about them. When you go up for prayer, don't even think about that person that's praying for you. When you go up for prayer, and I'm helping you out here if you listen to me, say, your prayer should be, Holy Spirit, give me what I need through whoever puts their hands on me. Whoever lays their hands on me, let them only say what you want me to hear. And, and you'll be blessed. When you, when you get a prophecy from somebody, Lord, let the words that you're speaking through this person, give me what I need to hear. And let me remember what I need to hear from this person that's prophesying to me. And so, you know, don't negate it. Don't, don't just say, I don't want to hear what they got to say. No, be open because you want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And when somebody's preaching and ministering, you know, don't be the kind of person that go, oh, sister so-and-so preaching today. I don't want to hear what she got to say. You're going to miss a blessing. Okay. You need to open yourself up because whoever God is speaking through, he's going to give them just what they need to say just for you. And that should be your prayer. Lord, who's ever speaking, let them speak into my situation today. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stop there. That's the end of chapter 13. Uh, just want to make sure you're to invite you to the channel. If you haven't given your heart to Jesus, just remember that time is winding up. Yes, I'm I'm broken record keep saying it because you need to give your heart to Jesus. Please give your heart to Jesus. There's a playlist on my channel called Re Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. And on the playlist, there's two videos, uh, one called The Sinner's Prayer. Well, it'll teach you, uh, it'll actually lead you to Christ. It'll give you scriptures as to why we need Jesus. And the other teaching tape um, on that same playlist is teaching about salvation, which will give you all the scriptures so you can study who you are in Christ as, as you have gained your salvation. It'll tell you all about your salvation experience. Amen? Amen. So let's just close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just ask you, Lord God, that you will cause us to be weak and not tares. Cause us to be those that will be drawn into your kingdom by your angels at the end of this age. Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're so patient with us, that we're in this time of grace, oh God. Help us to get it together, Lord God. Help us to, to, to keep seeking after you, to keep asking you, Lord God, to keep drawing us closer to you, Lord God. We thank you, we praise you, and we honor you for all those listening, oh God. I say a prayer, special prayer on anyone that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. Lord God, that you would cause them to say, what must I do to be saved, that they might seek after you. Father, and we give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.